I'm very passionate about renewable energy and sustainability. It does not feel like work. I love what I do. We love doing this podcast. It just fits Suzanne and I's personality. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thanjan. And I'm your co-host, Suzanne Waters. So let's get into it. Hi, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick podcast. I wanted to personally invite our listeners to our summer solstice party, which is on Thursday, June 20th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Hudson Hall in Jersey City, New Jersey. We'll be celebrating the summer solstice, which is the longest period of daylight, and our Solar Maverick podcast, which is one of the most popular podcasts for solar energy. I'm also one of the co-owners of the event venue, which is Hudson Hall, which is a Czech beer garden smokehouse. The cost to attend the event is $10 and light food will be served. You could learn more information about the Summer Solstice Party on the Renew Energy website, which is reneuenergy.com. Again, it's Renew Energy, reneuenergy.com. We look forward to meeting our listeners and Lee Wang, who's one of the co-hosts of the podcast and some of our guests will be there and we look forward to seeing you there. We really appreciate your support of the Solar Maverick podcast. Thank you. Welcome to the Solar Maverick podcast. It's an honor to have my co-host and colleague, Suzanne Waters, who's the VP of Business Development at Renew Energy. How are you, Suzanne? I'm great, Benoit. How are you? Good. You're becoming an expert on podcasting. It's now your fourth podcast. I know. Thanks for having me back. I love being on the podcast. Yeah, and can you talk about, I think it would be helpful for people to know what you do for Renew Energy. Sure, definitely. So I'm the Vice President of Business Development here at Renew Energy. If any of you guys want to listen to my previous episodes, I think this is going to be my fourth. Fourth episode. Right now. So like I said, make sure that the older episodes get some love. So I was on episode (laughs) six talking about why solar is a great industry to work in. Then episode 23, we did a Community Solar 101 and episode 29, we did an SREC 101. Yeah, and then this podcast is going to be the New Jersey Solar Market Podcast, where we just talk high level about the New Jersey solar market. And then can you talk about actually the two podcasts? Upcoming podcasts? Podcast? Sure. So we're going to be doing a similar one to this one, but it's going to be about the New York solar market. And then we are also going to be interviewing a former co-worker of both Benoit and I. We talk about him on every podcast. Our friend um, Juan Truyol is going to be featured in an upcoming episode as well. Yeah, definitely. And we're excited about the podcast and people have requested Suzanne to co-host the podcast and have been impressed by the podcast. And interesting enough, when Suzanne plugs the, her podcast, we get an increase in downloads. So it is one of your community solar 101 podcast is in our top 10 of downloaded podcasts. I love for that this statistic, month. Benoit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we actually, a few companies reached out to us after hearing the community solar 101 about potential opportunities in New Jersey, specifically in educating 
them and, and partnering with them. So if people wanted to reach out to you, Suzanne, about co-hosting episodes, what topics they would like to hear, or even business opportunities, because you're focused on basically business development for commercial, industrial, and utility scale. Solar projects, even we talked about in the SREC 101, like what you're doing with SRECs, how we broker SREC transactions. We do the SREC management, management as well. What's the best way that our Mavericks could reach you? So email, I feel like, is always best. My email is Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, at renewenergy.com. And that's Renew, R-E-N-E-U. Great. I think it would be helpful, too, if we go a little bit into your solar story that we went back in episode... Way back, episode six. So just kind of how I got started in solar. How you got started and how we met. And it's interesting because like that episode we taped in the middle of November, doesn't it seem so long ago? And it came out the first or second week of December, actually two days before our holiday party. And then people recognized you from... They did your from voice. my, yeah, which was, that was pretty interesting. I was like, oh my gosh, you recognize me? <laughs> my voice, I should say. <laughs> I don't know if that's a positive thing or a negative. I started working at Vanguard Energy Partners. It was my first job out of college. I was the business development manager and then the proposal team leader there. As I had discussed, I kind of had my hand in everything there, which was just a great experience. I really learned a lot about solar. Like I said, I, did a little bit of everything at Vanguard Energy Partners. And that's, of course, how I met Benoit. We worked with a lot of great people there. I met my husband at Vanguard Energy (laughs) Partners. We met a couple of other people that have been interviewed on the podcast there. Dominic Mattinelli. Yes, so Dominic Mattinelli, by the time this episode comes out, he'll already have his podcast. He's an electrical contractor, and he's one of the founders of Pro Circuit. We also have interviewed Alex Rivera, who's also business development, and he's still at Vanguard Energy Partners. It's actually one of our top downloaded downloaded episodes of all time. And then we're interviewing Juan as well, which will come after this podcast. So it was amazing because uh, a lot of the people who started at Vanguard then have moved to other companies. We're all still, you know, very close. Well, that too, yeah. As well. And it's interesting too, because the same thing after Vanguard, I went to SolarCity slash Tesla, and that's the same thing as well. There's a close relationship with the SolarCity alumni, similar to Vanguard. And yeah, so that's pretty amazing to kind of see everyone's growth over the period of time. Yeah. How much everything has changed in 10 years. Yeah, seriously. Not just with the industry, but personally as well. Personally as well. So it's been amazing to kind of see. And what's interesting, actually, can you talk about the hashtag that you've created that we talked a little bit about? Hashtag Carpe Solum. Sure. So actually, if you want to say a term that I coined when I was actually working at Vanguard, I wanted something kind of cool to put in my email signature. And I always liked the quote, Carpe Diem. So carpe solum means seize the sun. And I felt like that sounded cool when you say it that way, but carpe solum, I don't know. I just thought it sounded better. <laughs> and it was something that actually our VP of marketing there really took a liking to. And he had asked me, where did I get that from? And I was like, I just came up with that. So it was something that's just stuck with me as a really, really cool quote in terms of solar. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great and it's an amazing hashtag that whenever Suzanne comes on an episode... I, I like to hash- remind people. Yes, carpe solo. <laughs> the carpe solo. <laughs> I think an interesting thing too to talk about is how I 
talked to Jesse, Suzanne's wife. My husband, what were you going to say so, about so it? So I was asking him whether there was an opportunity that Suzanne would want to work for, oh, you know, my yeah. company, Renew Energy. And then it was something on my to-do list for a while. And then I was coming from church. This is talked about in episode six. And then I saw near my apartment, and I was actually thinking about, I had to contact Suzanne, and I bumped into Suzanne's sister. Unbeknownst to you, actually. You didn't realize it was my sister until, well, I guess I'll finish the story. So my sister was just started her career as a real estate agent. She was hosting her very first open house. Actually was an hour early, which I also feel is relevant because if she hadn't mistaken that you guys never would have crossed paths, but was walking down the street early with her like open house sign and the balloons. And I guess you saw it and she saw that you were kind of like looking at the sign. She said, are you interested in coming to an open house? And you said, actually I am. So you guys, I guess, started walking, talking and you were wearing your Renew Energy shirt and she asked you, knowing that me and Jesse were both in the solar industry, um, oh, Renew Energy, what do you do? And then it just, she realized, because in talking about Benoit in our past life, not many people you meet are named Benoit. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is too coincidental. And so that's actually how I then reached out to you. Yeah, definitely. And she's like, my sister's husband works for a company in Hoboken. And I'm like, oh, I probably know him. And then, and you did. Yeah, and I did. So it was such a small world. And then Lindsay, that's my sister, Lindsay. Sister took a picture of my card and sent it to Suzanne. Yeah. And we had that conversation. So, of all the people in Jersey in City, in Jersey City, especially in downtown Jersey City. Exactly, which a similar thing happened to us a couple weekends ago. We were actually out in Jersey City for a friend's birthday. And before we caught our Uber ride home, we were heading for pizza. And it was raining out. It was was like one in the morning, two in the morning. We were walking across the crosswalk and who did we stumble into but Benoit eating pizza at the place we were (laughs) going (laughs) to So that's just pretty funny. Again, out of all the people and places in Jersey City. Yeah, life is, I don't think it's necessarily random. I mean, for that to happen, those coincidences. Serendipitous is another word that I like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because when I first started at Vanguard, I don't know if you remember this, Suzanne, we both sat next to each other in the four cubicles. Yeah, I remember. So it was you, me, I think Jen Beatty. And Christina Boyer. Christina Boyer. Yeah. Well, that's not her. She's. Christina Kimball now, now, but I always, yes. I still have her in my phone as Christina Boyer. Sorry, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was interesting for me because literally I start at this company and I'm sitting in a cubicle next to Suzanne and then we worked a lot together on RFP responses, public RFP responses with Juan. And one thing that I was like surprised with Suzanne was like how involved she was in all these different and leading the team. And you literally were right out of school at that point. And then like really doing a great job of getting... Corralling. Corralling people (laughs) and even senior management of Vanguard. And even I would work on like the financing aspect of the proposal. So then really amazing to me, like seeing how detail-oriented you were and then basically that you could do a lot of different things I was excited when I talked to Jesse, Suzanne's husband, (laughs) about that there could be an opportunity of you working because obviously I thought you would be a great addition because at Renew Energy, it's pretty entrepreneurial and, and it's been exciting to have you on the team and you bring a lot of unique ways to do things and look at things differently and then also obviously very detail oriented as well which is so it's very hard to find good people and when I found out there could be an opportunity of you working so 
Thank you for everything. Oh, thanks. I was super excited to get back into solar because after I had left Vanguard Energy Partners, I was out of the solar industry for a few years. And so getting back into it, the spark never left, if you will. Yeah. And you know, when I noticed you still had the spark for solar is when I first contacted you and then I was talking to you about corporate PPAs and I was driving to the shore. This was August of 2018. You started September. Yeah. And... We were on the phone for two to three hours. Yeah, a long time. Because Suzanne wanted to understand this whole corporate PPA concept. That's right. Oh my and then gosh. I wrote, you could read, find it on the Renew Energy website about our blog and resources, like article that I wrote in PV Magazine and Renewable Energy World about corporate PPAs. And then you were explaining to Jesse. Yeah, I was like about- studying that. And then I was so excited to be like, do you know about this? Do you know about that? Because Jesse's been stayed in solar since Vanguard. He's in the O&M side of everything. So it was actually pretty cool because some of that's outside of his wheelhouse. So I felt like a real pro being able to explain all of that to him. Yeah, definitely. And Jesse works at PV Pros and Operations. No pun intended when I said pro, but then I realized (laughs) after I said it. (laughs) But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Jesse works at PV Pros and he does the O&M related work. And obviously, he's one of the experts in the industry. And what we do is very different. We're more on the development side of projects. Yeah, we're at the very beginning and they're at the very end. At the very end. So he was saying, oh, I'm actually learning a lot from Suzanne working with you because... From my wife. I think that's (laughs) why you got confused with (laughs) my... You were looking at the wife and that's what it came out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I had said this in episode six. It's actually been pretty interesting getting that dynamic back in the house where we're both back in solar because we worked together prior to getting married. And then when we actually got married, we weren't working. I had been out of solar. So more conversations for the marriage. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like there's been synergies and partnerships as well. Yeah, you for know. sure. It's neat. It's yeah. pretty neat to be back. And then just being able to relate more to what each other is doing on a daily basis. So... Yeah, so definitely check it. Episode six, Suzanne's solar story. Yes. Carpe solar. Should we rename the episode that Suzanne's solar story? We could if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Or we could do a more detail. It's interesting because now, like, you've worked for Renew Energy. So I feel like you could provide a different perspective because that was just like the first two months. Right, of me getting back into it. So maybe we could do a more in depth episode we're here look we're like brainstorming Brainstorming topics already so if anybody has questions that they want to ask Benoit and I to have us answer on the podcast again you can email me suzanne at renewenergy.com or you can also email info at renewenergy.com so we always like to get listener feedback Yeah, definitely. We're all about feedback and we appreciate everyone reaching out to us and providing feedback on the podcast. Yeah, we'll get into the main topic, which is the New Jersey solar market. You want me to start off with some facts? Or were you going to ask that I want to say, let's get into it? Because I do. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to the Community Solar 101. Benoit stole my line. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. (laughs) So Suzanne, New Jersey obviously has been a very big solar market that both of us are obviously familiar with. Our office is here in Jersey City, New Jersey. It's one of the top solar markets in the U.S. Do you want to go high level into like... Some of the stats? Yeah, I'm going to read some off of the SIA website actually. This is data through the end of last year, so the end of 2018. So this is all about New Jersey. Solar installed in New Jersey... Whoa, this is in megawatts. So 2,732 megawatts. National ranking of the state, we're sixth in the state. We were seventh as of the end of last year, but we're currently sixth in the state. 
Go New Jersey. That's pretty big. We're yeah, a small state. Amazing. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Percentage of state's electricity from solar, it's just over 4%. We still have some work we could do there. The growth projection and ranking, just over 2,000 megawatts over the next five years. And that stat, we rank 11th. And that's basically projections that SIA has provided over the next five years. Right. And then New Jersey has been an early leader in solar and perennial top 10 solar state. The New Jersey solar market continues to be seeing strong growth and is driven by net metering, a solar RPS, and an accompanying SREC market. Yeah, definitely. So it's interesting, right? Because everyone asks, how's New Jersey a top state for solar? Because it doesn't get a lot of sun, obviously, compared to like the West Coast. But really, it's like the state-level incentive that was created by the state of New Jersey, which is the SREC, the Solar Renewable Energy Credit, which we did a podcast with Suzanne, which is the SREC 101, if you want to learn more about an SREC. But to go high-level, what an SREC is, it's basically an environmental commodity that the state of New Jersey has created to incentivize the development of solar. They've created a solar carve-out where they require companies generating electricity in the state to have a certain percentage in solar. If they don't, then they buy these SRECs, which represent one megawatt hour of energy. We also mentioned this in the SREC 101. There's a solar alternative compliance price or a penalty. Basically, the state has created that is the penalty that you would pay if you don't buy an SREC. And usually the SREC trades to a discount. There's basically demand and supply dynamics Demand is fixed by the state, and then you have variable supply. So yeah, that's just kind of high level about the New Jersey SREC market, or sorry, New Jersey solar market. There was an oversupply. Both of us actually were at Vanguard at the time when basically SRECs went from 500 to 600 or 400 and then decreased to $70. And basically, Governor Christie signed a bill that increased the demand of SRECs so that price would actually increase of the SRECs to incentivize development. It also limited utility-scale development because that was one of the reasons why the market got oversupplied because there were these huge projects that were getting built. There's a couple of other reasons as well. They didn't allow now solar New Jersey on farmland. So now you're not having those big projects. You can do it on landfill and brownfields. The other thing that happened too was there was a 30% cash grant so the department that was a big one when we were at Vanguard Energy Partners. Yeah, you get automatically a thirty percent cash grant. Now it's a thirty percent investment tax credit, where basically you have to have a tax appetite to take on that thirty percent, and it's created. It's a lot harder to do those transactions because, from a struck financial structuring perspective, you have to find a third party that has a significant tax appetite to take that incentive. And there's different structures, the partnership flip, inverted lease, sale leaseback, but we won't go into that. That's for another episode. That's for, uh, I don't know about that one. That's a little very complicated. So we saw where that was then fixed in 2012. They increased the demand. Eventually, SREC prices went up. Now, actually, it's interesting because once New Jersey hits, Suzanne mentioned the number of 4.17, which is a percentage of state electricity from solar, but once New Jersey reaches 5.1% of solar installed in New Jersey, the SREC program will then end. 
So yeah. there's a lot of potentially uncertainty. going uncertainty and transition that's happening in the New Jersey solar market. So right now what we're seeing is like a race to build projects because technically it qualifies for the 5.1% if the project's in service. We're part of actually two lobbying groups in solar. Renew Energy is a member of SIA, which is the biggest sort of national lobbying organization. And we're also a member of Mid-Atlantic Solar and Storage Industry Association. We actually help with coming ideas with as far as new solar sort of legislation. One of our clients as well was on the transition committee for Governor Murphy, who's the new governor of New Jersey. And they're working closely the governors with the Board of Public Utilities, they've also hired two consultants to kind of help them with what the transition program is going to be. Even though there's not a law about it, what we're hearing is that it's going to basically, there's going to be a transition program to the current SREC program, where basically for the same number of SRECs, you would get 80% of that. So it's a lower incentive than it was before. And then there'll be a new incentive that will be more of like a fixed sort of incentive than an SREC because it's a tradable commodity. There's a lot of risk related to that. So they think that doing a rebate or some sort of fixed compensation or benefit would be a lot easier. It would also be lower potentially for ratepayers because at the end of the day, the ratepayers are the people who basically pay for the electricity in the state of New Jersey under their societal benefit charge to fund the solar and renewable energy program. So let me ask you, how do you think this relates? I almost feel like it'll roll over nicely though into the pilot program for community solar coming out. This is a great transition into the community solar pilot if you listen to the episode with Suzanne and I on the community solar, episode 23. New Jersey came out with basically a community solar pilot. The application actually came out in April. It requires 75 megawatts per year for the next three years for community solar. There's also LMI component, meaning that it's low moderate income housing has to also be part of the community solar program because there's this perception that only the wealthy can afford solar, but there should be an opportunity with community solar where it's open to anyone. And basically how community solar works is that you basically get a bill credit on your electricity bill based on a solar project in that utility service territory that's less than what you would pay for if you just use your conventional electricity or the same or more. But that's actually a totally another discussion. But basically community solar is where you basically have a community solar project. The most common form is that people and businesses in that utility service area sign a contract to buy the electricity uh, from that renewable energy resource directly, but it's not that the act, there's not a direct transaction. Right. It's more of a virtual transaction right. and the credit that is added. We're not sure what the incentive is going to be, whether it's going to be the current SREC program, another REC program. It's when you read through the legislation, it's still kind of nebulous. But the great thing is it's going to be some sort of residential retail or net metering rate. So it's a lot easier to kind of quantify. Like, for example, we talked about New York in a previous podcast in their community solar program and the value of distributed energy resources, which has four different components, which gets confusing. And New Jersey is not going to do that. The only problem is 75 megawatts is actually not that 
big. And we've been actually looking at different land opportunities, landfill brownfields to do community solar and roofs as well to potentially do community solar. But it's a huge opportunity. You could potentially, instead of like having a utility scale project and selling it into the grid in New Jersey for maybe between what we've seen, like two to four cents, you could potentially get a residential rate, which the residential rate may be Commercial rates in New Jersey is around 10 to 12 to 13 cents. I think residential is around 15 or 16. So you could see potentially (laughs) there's a lot of interest by developers of solar because of the higher return with the higher offtake at 15 cents or some discount to that versus selling to the grid wholesale at three and a half cents. So yeah, it's definitely a huge opportunity and everyone's kind of excited about that. And people are just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. So there's a race to build projects right now in New Jersey to get to that 5.1%. People are are forecasting that that potentially could happen in the fourth quarter of this year or the first quarter next year. But what I've seen, usually it happens quicker. So I think that might be happening the third quarter of 2019. So there's a lot going on in New Jersey. It's been a very robust market. The Board of Public Utilities and the governor have said there's a lot of jobs related to solar that they're going to be supportive, but there still hasn't been a lot of guidance. So there is some nervousness. Like if you remember back in 2012 and 11 and 10, there was a time period where basically nothing was happening in New Jersey because the solar market pretty much crashed. And then it took some time for the government to pass legislation to basically fix the market or increase the prices so that there would be more development. And the current incentive is the SREC, which I talked about, the Solar Renewable Energy Credit. That's trading for 2019 at $230 per megawatt hour. So imagine that, like that's basically 23 cents per kilowatt hour. So that's why I'm trying to explain why why solar is great in New Jersey because think about it, a commercial customer is paying maybe 11 or 12 cents per kilowatt hour for their electricity. The SREC is like 23 cents per kilowatt hour. So that's almost double the incentive for what they're getting paid. So usually like the payback in New Jersey, if a commercial industrial customer owns the solar system, then they could basically, you know, the payback's within three years for a long-lived asset that could last for 25 to 30 years. Also, we talked about this too in another podcast. It works for third-party financing in New Jersey where the customer would get a discount to their electricity. They wouldn't put any money forward. It would just be a long-term power purchase agreement. We talked about the whole roofing aspect of it. One of my favorite topics. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but no, I actually wanted to ask you, sure. just going back to the asset, 25 to 30 years, the life of the asset, aka your solar system, even once the state hits this 5%, aren't systems that they're already grandfathered in, so they're, they'll be able to sell their SRECs as long as they got in before the deadline. So right now, basically, the SREC life is 10 years, and they're grandfathered to get 10 years worth of SRECs. Actually, it was 15 years until October of last year. There was people saying that the incentive is too high. You don't need that high of incentive. What's been challenging and a great thing for solar is like the price of solar has gone down substantially, like the cost of the panels, even the efficiencies we're seeing, the amount of usable electricity that you're able to actually 
convert, increase dramatically. We're also getting more experience building these projects. So the balance of system cost and everything is getting cheaper and cheaper. Also financing. What we're seeing too is like there's so much money out there for solar. People are comfortable as an asset class. So we're seeing lower and lower return requirements from investors. We're seeing a lot of pension funds, insurance companies, foreign money coming in and having a lot lower returns than say like double digit requirements that maybe private equity firms have been having. So it's been pretty interesting to see how things are changing so dramatically. It'll be interesting to see. New Jersey also is talking about energy storage. We've talked about energy storage many times. One of times. Benoit's favorite topics. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics. I'm really passionate about energy storage, and I think that's a game changer in the sense that solar then and wind are potentially their intermittent power sources. Now you could store it and use it at night. It's not very long from now. We're seeing the same decreases that we're seeing in solar panels. Just to give you an idea, we've seen like 400 to 500 percent drops in the prices of solar in the past four to five years, we're seeing the same thing start to happen with specifically like lithium ion battery technology. So it's an exciting time. New Jersey is actually going to start working on a very strong incentive program to have a lot of storage come online and potentially hopefully solar plus storage. It's still very early in the process. So it's exciting to kind of see what's been happening in New Jersey and the evolution when we look back to when we first started in solar in 2011 or 10. I started working at Vanguard in 2009. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was thinking when you were talking about financiers becoming more comfortable with the return on the projects, because that was one of the biggest issues we were having trying to get the projects sourced back then. People were a little uncomfortable, and the returns, it was trying to find a PPA provider for these RFPs. Oh, God, it could have been a nightmare. Yeah, and, and it was interesting because now it's just like the opposite situation. Mm-hmm. There's not as many good projects and there's so many investors. And now it's become a lower cost of capital game where the companies that have the lowest return requirements win the projects. Investors are now getting earlier in the development process to basically get projects to meet the return requirements that they have. I remember when I was at Solar City educating pretty big investors that we all know and to get them comfortable with Estrex and things like that. And that was only like seven years ago. Now there's just so many people in the market and it's just amazing to kind of see how everything's just changing and adapting. Talk about Carpe Solum. <laughs> Seriously. Hashtag Carpe Solum. <laughs> so yeah, I think we've covered, we really just wanted to give like a high level overview of the New Jersey solar market. Obviously, if people have questions or want more to get specifics, more specifics, yeah. definitely reach out to us at info at renewenergy.com. One of the things that we've incorporated, thank you to Kevin Y. Brown, who's one of the producers of the podcast. He has a company called Podcast Laundry, which basically helps with doing everything related to the back end of it. He's also helped us with strategy. He has his own podcast called the Create Your Life Series. I was actually interviewed in August on it. The episode came out in September. That's how we kind of started the podcast. Lee Wang, who's the director of marketing at Renew Energy, heard it, and he was blown away and thought we should do a podcast. And then we launched it from September, me being interviewed in the middle, to then having our own podcast in November. So it was 
a pretty busy time. But what we've incorporated was where the guest and even my co-host, Suzanne, are free to ask me questions. I'm going to put you in the hot seat, Benoit. <laughs> yeah. No. And as Suzanne knows, <laughs> I'm always on the hot seat. <laughs> so actually, that's what leads me to the first question I want to ask you. You're such a busy person. How do you find balance in your life between work, personal, just balance in general? That's one thing that I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, balance is a very difficult thing. And it's something that I'm constantly working on. But one of the things I would say is, I've actually mentioned this on the other podcast, I basically prioritize what's important the night before I go to sleep. What are the three things that I really have to get done tomorrow? So you do top three? Top three. Then I focus on the hardest things first thing in the morning. As well on the previous podcast, people who know, I normally get up at 4.30, 5 o'clock and start What time work. do you go to bed? Well, last night, it was a late night, but I was telling you about that. It was one, and then I was up. So you took a nap last night, basically. You didn't really yeah, go to I, sleep. Remember, I had my first meeting today at I, 7 That's in the what morning. I'm saying. A three-hour sleep, that's a nap, <laughs> not a night night sleep. But do I seem tired? No, you don't. So yeah, It's all the matcha. It's all the matcha. <laughs> Suzanne and I were talking about how we just drink matcha. Matcha is where it's at. I don't really drink caffeine. I think what's been great too is like I'm very passionate about renewable energy and sustainability. It does not feel like work. I love what I do. We love doing this podcast. It just fits Suzanne and I's personality. But yeah, I mean, something I'm always trying to figure out is balancing. And you know, one of the things too that I'm learning too is learning to say no to stuff. And we actually just renew energy just in general. Like we're overwhelmed by the amount of opportunities that are coming on a daily basis, like on people reaching out to us in many different platforms and calling emails and all the different things. So unfortunately, we haven't been able to get back to everyone. But at the same time too, like we are focusing on the things that we want to focus on prioritizing. Prioritizing. Right? So we'll definitely get back to everyone. But balance is a challenging part of it. I think for me, like what's very important in the morning is like I go and exercise. Uh, and you so meditate, don't you? I, I do meditation. Lease. I use Headspace. I do meditation for like ten minutes in the morning. I also do uh, three things that I'm grateful for. Oh, in the morning every as morning. Well. Good so, for you. Are you able to come up with three different things every morning? Every morning. Oh, and every every night I do that as well. Wow. So you say six things a day that you're grateful for. Grateful for, yeah. First thing and then ending of the day. And then And they're always different. They're you always ever... pre- pretty much they're wow. always different. Good I'm focused you. on the day. I should try. That's a like a personal challenge, I feel like. But it's really probably very reflective and eye-opening. At the and same it's time. a habit. And then also doing goals as well and things that I could do better. I try to give myself like a half an hour before I go to sleep to kind of think of those things. But trust me, like I'm far from perfect. There are many things that I have to work on. Yeah, and then going to the gym really helps as far as giving me energy and then helps with like stress as well. And then it's really kind of just focusing on what's ahead. Obviously, I'm planning long-term but looking at things day to day. And if people saw what my schedule was, they would be like, how are you doing this? But yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out. That's the the balance the okay. balance aspect of it. So then also, I guess you were saying, you just said something and I was going to ask you, did you, how did you come up with all of these life skills? Did you read a book? But I guess I don't want to ask you that because I want to ask you my second question. It's, do you have 
a favorite quote that you really found impactful on the way you live your life? Yeah, just going back first to your question. Obviously, I'm listening to people all the time and oh, so you to prefer learn. audiobooks? They're I easier do, to multitask. Yeah. So, so I could multitask. <laughs> I actually am not constantly multitasking. I'm deeply focusing on stuff, but I do use Audible and I do read as well. But yeah, like listening to other people and their experiences, not just from books, but even personal things. So that kind of helps as well. And by the way, this second question is almost like a continuation. So like the quote that I actually mentioned, the serenity prayer, which I think is a great part on one of the podcasts with Lee Wang, who's the director of marketing at Renew Energy. It's interesting because Lee posted this on his Instagram. And by the way, I lived by this quote even before. And then I thought it was funny that he posted a quote. Oh, so you hadn't mentioned it to him. I hadn't mentioned it, but he then posted it. Your competition isn't other people. It's your procrastination, your ego, your untapped potential, the unhealthy food, the lack of sleep, the self-doubt compete against that. Wow. So I'm never really focusing on the outside. I'm focusing on what I could do better as a person. And the better person that I could become or the more discipline, the more success that will come through it. I'm not focusing on all these what ifs or what other people are thinking. Things that are out of your control, basically. Yeah, you focus on what you can on what control. I can control. Yeah, like in great life, advice. You can't. Wow, super deep way to end the podcast in a way. Well, you no, that was great. Question. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing. I know that we have a lot of Mavericks out there that are also entrepreneurs, which is why they tune in. So, yeah, great advice. Yeah, definitely. Thanks and for sharing. Thank you for being on the podcast. We're going to close it out, Suzanne. Do you want to close out the podcast? With my hashtag Carpe Solum. Hashtag, yes. Yeah, and until next time, looking forward to being back. Carpe Solum. Hashtag Carpe Solum. Hashtag Carpe Solum. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mavericks. See you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and leave us a five-star review. That helps us build this community, and that's what we're all about right now, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. 